0: Welcome to the Intercut Podcast, the weekly show going over the TV, movies, and entertainment that people can't cut away from. I am your co-host. Co-host. Co-host say sometimes. <laughs> co-host with the homost. <laughs> Zach whoa. Shevich.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and joining me, he's stumbling groggily out of the Elgin Wintergreen Theater. It's Arturo Zurita.
1: That is hands down the most beautiful theater. It doesn't I think our favorite is still The Mark from Sundance. Sundance is still my personal favorite festival. I still got to see it. Uh, but yeah, over here at TIFF. TIFF just wrapped up. I know we're going to be talking about a little bit of that. Right now, I'm in Niagara Falls, as you can see from behind. It's dark over there. Over there, The falls, I think, have rested. But <laughs> um, TIFF, crazy. Yeah. The Winter Garden Theater, hands down, the most beautiful theater there. There is leaves in that theater.
0: All over the ceiling and shit. It's, it's like real the Wrig- cool.
1: yeah, it's like the Wrigley Field of movie cinemas. I loved it. It was great. It's fantastic. But back here doing number four oh of the podcast over here.
0: Yeah, uh, we got to get back on our podcast groove. It's been a little difficult with arts travels and just a busy September. But uh, we are back, giving you our weekly chats about the latest happenings in the entertainment industry. In a little bit, we are going to talk about what movies Art saw at TIFF, as well as a couple TV shows that I've been catching up with. But first, we're going to talk about what we've been watching. And Art, other than TIFF stuff, what have you been watching?
1: Bro, I've been trying to catch up on a, a couple of Predator stuff and, and things like that. I haven't really been big on the movies. But there is one thing that i watched, uh, obviously, had a had hop on. You just mentioned it right now, dealing with TV, is people have been asking me, you watching BoJack first or... or uh, American Vandal first. I Actually, asked Bojack you. Or, yeah, you asked me. Everyone's been asking me. My dad called me up. He said, how you been? I said, sir. He said, what did you watch first?" first? I chose American Vandal. I chose American Vandal mainly because I did not want that one spoiled for me, per se, knowing right. like what it was going to be about. Um, and obviously, I loved it. I enjoyed it. I, I don't I don't think it's as... I didn't love it as 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 much as the first season, but that's not fair, right? Like, you're almost at a point where it's not fair to compare the two yeah. because of how... how um, just the novelty of it, I want to say. But, boy, does we, it do things.
0: Yeah? Go ahead. Uh, no, I was just going to say, we were both really caught off guard by just how great that first season of was. Bro, American we Vandalism were pretentious. Like, we
1: put it on our top movies list. Yeah. Exactly. I don't like, take you know, that back.
0: <laughs> it's it's the kind of thing that like seemed like it... Could not be good at all, and then stunned us with its with its depth, with its comedy, with its cleverness, how uh-huh. how thought out it was. Uh, so, you know, how,
1: how something about drawing dicks can end up actually being not just something that's hilarious and very well thought out. Uh, the, again, the Instagram story, Snapchat story, piece together episode being one of the best technically achieved and just narratively told. Yeah, uh, from season one, fantastic. It like but also the detective got into? story. Yeah, and that ending and the message that it actually had to say. It was the depth that they were able to get into it with the with the first season. And the second season is able to take that, right? And I, I'm not mm-hmm. going to completely spoil it, right? Because, again, they do that, that thing where it's so hard to pitch the show. Yo, watch this show about a high school kids where someone drew dicks and there's hair on balls, and that really becomes, like, one of the biggest factors of it. All right, you don't like that one? Maybe the second season where a turd burglar decides to cause everyone to have massive di- – like, how do you pitch this show? Yet somehow right. – The best way that I can pitch it to you is that this isn't spoiling much because it's actually in the trailer. Season two acts as if season one actually got picked up and was released on Netflix. These characters are real. (laughs) Season two's title sequence, not for the first episode, for all damn eight episodes, is the actual student documentary titles, as in the characters are in the credits. It tells you that it's their senior film thesis. Right. in other words the actual producers and everyone who always you know plasters their name at the beginning of like who's starring and who's voicing it they're at the end when the when, the, when it minimizes for the next episode they took it to right. that next level and I truly appreciate that
0: yeah it's it's that's one of the great things about American Vandal is they will go and do those touches mm-hmm. like it's it's got that meta commentary in that you know the sec- part of the plot of the second season is that it is a second season of American Vandal you know uh, they, they, it, it's just really crazy the way that they've made it so clever and reflective of media. Uh, I'm cu- very curious to see how Season 2 is. No, I haven't I get... caught up with any of it yet. You're enjoying it so far, though?
1: I finished it. I loved it. Oh, you finished it? Yeah, I finished it. That was pretty good. Uh, now, again, not as impacting as the first one was for me, but I th- still think it's a solid entry. I can't wait to see the next one.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Uh, so, as for me, I was also confronted with the Big moral dilemma: Do I go with Bojack or do I go with? That's American weird. This Vandal? is
1: interesting. It's interesting. I thought we thought the same, and we usually do. But I, you picked yeah. Bojack.
0: I picked Bojack here. Uh, I did not want to, like you, get spoiled on oh, any of Bojack. Like okay, yeah. I And like, you know, we had been talking in the uh, lead up to season five, like, is this the season where they're going to kill Bojack or something? <laughs> you know, I, I just did not want to uh, be find out second hand. I wanted to find out straight from Netflix. Uh, I'm only halfway through the season so far, far enough into this season that I can say they have one of their all-time best episodes, maybe their best all-time episode this season. Uh, They just find newer and newer ways to challenge the limits of structural television and, and break through them and just do daring different things. I think if you've seen the first six, you'll know what I'm talking about. That one episode, it just, it pulls you in. You can't look away. It, it's so... Is it episode it, six? It's an uh, yeah, Maybe. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's just an emotional open vein. And I, I, yeah, I love that episode so much. And it has just the best ending. So I'm really looking forward to seeing your thoughts on it. I'm going to finish the rest of... Bojack, as well as American Vandal, and then on next week's Intercut podcast, uh, we'll go more in depth on both of those shows because I know we have a lot of fans out there who also are fans of those shows. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I guess we should move on. No yay or nay this week. We just got to get into TIFF stuff because it's one of the major fall film festivals. And Art went out to Toronto, got himself a press pass, he saw all the good movies that we are not yet privileged to see. <laughs> uh, art, uh, let's start it with this. What are some of your overall impressions of TIFF? It was your first time at the festival. I've gone twice in the past, but uh, what, what did you like about it? What worked about it?
1: Bro, well, I can't get back to the states, uh, <laughs> so oh Canada, I'm staying here. Uh, I had enough Tim Hortons. Not nah, the, the my first time in Canada in general. I don't know how these rates work. <laughs> Everything's different Gas is $200 over here or Something like that So we're just saying People driving on the opposite side of the street Tiff was cool Because I don't think they like, do that Toronto. They don't him. do that But this <laughs> was the first <laughs> This the first uh, Like big festival I want to say That we got like a Press passes to So it was like Super interesting to be like Not just in, like The small theater in the back But the biggest theater With everyone else being press Yeah And it was interesting how the public screen yeah, had, re- had a little the, uh, bit more not quite the same. It had a little readings. bit more respect than the press. Uh, you know, they stayed through the whole movie. The ones who paid for their tickets, they uh, also didn't use their cell phones. But no, it was cool. I got to see, I want to say, <laughs> 16 around there. 16 movies. Uh, we came at the second half, so we were very limited on days and sleep and everything. So we really definitely want to. We're already excited for next year. We want to stay for the whole points of it, but. It was cool, dude. I love Tim Hortons over here. Drank it all the time. Just talking about, like, the whole culture of it over here. The, the volunteers yeah. were super nice and dope. They, they had their stuff together. So shout out to everyone who was, like, assembled and did the TIFF stuff ready. I thought it was really cool. I really enjoyed it.
0: Yeah, I don't know if you had this experience, but my experience of TIFF was that it's a festival where there's a lot of enthusiasm and general goodwill, like not just with the volunteers, mm-hmm. but with the audiences. You have lines around the block for movies that are not very well known at like 10 a.m. because
1: the people who go
0: there, the people who go there really care about film and seeing new voices, emerging voices, talented filmmakers – so there's a passion in the room, especially mm-hmm. if you can get in a room for one of those Q&As. Yep. I think most film festival Q&As are garbage because you get some really bad questions from the audience. Not so much a TIFF. The TIFF audience is really engaged.
1: Yeah, no, I like that. That was very enjoyable. I don't know if you have like any questions on any of the specific releases. I kind of have a list. but Yeah,
0: so let's, uh, let's start off with maybe some of your favorites from the fest. I know you were a big fan of mid-90s, among other movies. Uh,
1: surprisingly. Now, I will say this. There was, I want to say two that I missed, that I do regret missing. Um, a lot of them I am going to cover, like, lit- literally right when I go back to Chicago, there's an uh, International Film Festival. Uh, one of them being A Born. Yeah, uh, I wasn't
0: yeah. Able to,
1: yeah, I wasn't able to make that one. That one was getting a lot of hype and such, but that literally People comes out... People
0: are already... Or they're already ready to give it best picture.
1: They're giving it best picture, directing, they're saying Gaga kills it. Every, she tweeted something out, like an onomatopoeia or something, and they said those were the lyrics to her new song, where everyone's, like, balling over. So I'm excited for it. I think, I think it's going to be really cool. That comes out October 5th, though, you know what I mean? It's right around yeah. the corner. Yeah. So between A Star Is Born and Shoplifters, that was actually one that I was, like, very excited for. And that one's going to be at Chicago, so I'm going to be able to watch it there. Great. Other than those two... I pretty much saw everything that I wanted to see. And I still think Sundance... No, they're great films. But I still think Sundance delivers... Sundance tends to deliver more that I cannot wait to see again. With movies such as Searching and Hereditary. And those. But out of the bunch, I want to say mid-90s was my favorite. But it was such an interesting experience to see it. Because mid-90s is not a PC movie. Mid-90s is boyhood. By Jonah Hill. <laughs> Mid-90s <laughs> uses words that certain rappers uh, in the mainstream at this point in time are getting crucified for. And it uses it with such ease because it's he's trying to embody that certain period in time. Right. I, I know that a lot of people came out of this art particular screening hating the boys will be boys mentality that they saw from it. I don't see it that way. The reason I love the film, he shoots it at, in, like, the 90s aspect ratio. I want to say 4-3. Yeah. Atticus Ross. And uh, who's he doing? Is it – are they are they Atticus Ross or is it Atticus Ross and the other dude? Oh, Trent Reznor. My bad. Atticus Ross and Trent Reznor. Yeah, Do The yeah. score and it is – I'm not saying it's better than Social Network. I'm not saying that. It's not.
0: But <laughs> it's up
1: there. You know what I mean? Like, it goes Social yeah. Network, then this. I'm saying that much. It goes Social wow. Network, then this. The soundtrack, like the music that they were able to get into it, but specifically it's the performances between, I don't know the kid's name, but I know he was in um, A Killing of a Sacred Deer. Does a good job. You hate him. I never liked the kid throughout the movie, and I think that's a good thing. But it is, uh, and I'm forgetting his name, and I, and I don't. I'm going to search it up right now that I have it right here. Sonny Soljic? Nah, bro. No, keep going. There's another one over there. He splits his name. He's got a hyphen in his name.
0: Oh, not Smith. This guy Smith. comes
1: in. Not Smith. this Smith. He, he dominates it. Uh, he mm. dominates not only in the character that he's playing, but in the performance that he has. I, I adored his character and what he stood for, but there's a specific scene, and that's like the thumb, like probably the biggest thumbnail that you see up there when you search it. The still, that scene's fantastic. Uh, there are moments that I said this, I told this to my girlfriend as soon as we walked out. I'm like, that man looks too much like X. And it's not, it's not <laughs> like the rest of his facial, it's his eyes. Oh, yeah. Like, if you've ever seen X, for those of you who know who I'm talking about. Um, when he used to, like, like go into his mode of talking about stuff and, like, life. This kid gets in that pocket, and I don't know. I just thought it was good. I, I thought, uh, who plays the mom? i right Catherine now. Catherine like, Waterston? Adorable. But she gets treated like trash in this movie. Uh, Lucas Hedges? Pretty much could have played the real Slim Shady. Lucas <laughs> Hedges being in, like, 27 tip films. But, no, I, I really like yeah, it. Right. It's going to be really interesting to see how it's embraced because of the content in there.
0: Right, right. Yeah, not necessarily a film that everybody will respond to, but, you know, we are guys who grew up in the 90s yeah. to an extent, so I I think there's a lot that we will... I, I'm anticipating responding to a lot. You clearly responded to a yeah, lot. Yeah, I don't think it, it
1: condones a bunch of the stuff that's in there. It just shows right. you, like, yeah. There's a, a difference
0: between... There's a difference between, you know... Uh, Advertising it as a good thing to do and just yeah. depicting it as a real part of life.
1: Yeah, Silence of the Lambs don't want you to eat people. That's just, that's just a story. Who do you like the most in Silence of the Lambs? It ain't Clarice. Yeah, yeah. It's your boy Hannibal. So, yeah, no, I like that. Absolutely. Was there any other, other movies that stood out?
0: Um, I was really curious to see uh, what you thought of First Man because I, I saw your tweets. So I know it wasn't. Uniform enthusiasm, but we're talking about Damien Chazelle here—the guy who made Whiplash, the, boy. the guy who made La La Land. But yeah, he—he's the boy. He's can do no wrong so far. Did he? Did he do wrong?
1: See, some people will see it just because it goes Whiplash, goes La La Land, and sadly, it goes first Man. Yeah, it's not bad, but for me. There's a a clear difference. Like, on the shelf, it goes like that. (laughs) That's the order that it's going to go in. And uh, what I found so interesting was, you saw my tweet, the GIF one?
0: With uh, Ryan, or with the PewDiePie PewDiePie? GIF, I think it was.
1: It was after I saw it that I I got a mixed reaction of people going, oh, yeah, definitely. Other people going, oh, yeah, definitely. And I realized that some people misconstrued. What did you get from that tweet? The tweet was 40% of the shots in First Man. And it was PewDiePie going like this. What did you get from that tweet?
0: Uh, lots of dis- disorienting shaky
1: cam? 100%, 40% of the movie is literally just doing that. Yeah. Some people thought it meant that I was going, oh, these shots are so good.
0: Oh, yeah, I see that. Okay.
1: And I thought that was hilarious because yeah. it, it equally disappointed people going, oh, man. And at the same time, other people went, oh, man, that's exactly how I'm going. Look. I do not care for the first two thirds of this movie. Uh, from the trailer, I was not inspired from it. I don't. I don't. I wasn't understanding what people were going, were, were seeing in it. But they put us in IMAX, man. I went in there. I'm watching IMAX, and it's standard. Hmm. I'm seeing all the screen. I'm like, what's okay? Uh, the the story with him is is, it's just Ryan Gosling playing Ryan Gosling. Like I don't know how else to say it. And look, other bigger critics than me, if you, you don't have to like my opinion, but other bigger critics than me have said the same thing. He is so uninteresting in the movie. And that's the point of it though. You know what I mean? Like that's the point yeah. of him.
0: Yeah, I- I've heard that as a criticism, but as, as a, a, sort a praise of, like,
1: as well, yeah. It's a weird thing. Yeah. Because the whole point is that he's able to handle emotions and he's the perfect person for the job. Well, so we're a lot of like accountants and stuff, but we don't get movies about them in a sense. Yeah. Bitch, you know your boy comes in with the endings. Damien knows how to end the movie Chazelle.
0: Yeah, he does something that, at
1: the end of this movie. He does uh, something at the end of That seems to be the thing
0: movie. that separates him from other filmmakers is each one of his movies thus far has an ending that leaves Zach, people... Zach, he
1: does something at the end of this movie. I don't know how he pulled it off. It's wild. And you need to see it in IMAX. Or else I don't know okay. if the trick works.
0: Interesting. I, I'm very, very excited about that. Uh, we are big fans of Damien Chazelle. And to see him take on something a little bit different, a little more ambitious... I'm very curious why it's left people so divided. Uh, it maybe it's just that character. Man. It
1: just drags. Yeah. Go watch the right stuff. Go watch uh, Apollo. Like, I'll also tell you, it just does. Yeah. Uh, so, there's also a bunch of
0: movies from well known filmmakers. Alfonso Cuaron is there with Roma. Steve McQueen is there with Widows. Barry Jenkins is there with If Beale Street Could Talk. Uh, could song? you talk about any of those movies? Maybe which one jumped yeah, out to sure. you the most?
1: yeah I'll put it I'll put it in the order, order that I that I, I enjoyed them and again this list is I don't care for the list y'all it's because y'all want it but to me it's whatever I'm feeling at the moment Bill Street could talk I really loved one of the biggest I, I love the first half of the movie the first half of the movie I think is gorgeous it's beautiful the relationship between these two is fantastic and I stand by that the best scene of the entire of, of my entire tip comes from that movie it is mm. the revelation scene between the parents fantastic yeah, Fan, yeah just fantastic. And my edge girlfriend of your seat stuff. decided to go to the bathroom. Doesn't even know oh. that scene existed. She doesn't even know that, that, that there's in-laws in the movie. <laughs> That's why I hold my pee no matter what it is. Forget Buddy or whatever that thing is. Run pee. I don't yeah. care about that app. I'm watching the entire movie. I think you and I, and I think we're going to talk about this more later on. Um, there's been this whole big debate about some people thinking that the second half of the movie, it feels, to, to, it feels like it wraps up a little bit too quickly. In a sense yeah. Other people saying That's the point And unless you live That experience You don't understand it Right Uh, Yeah I mean I can see it both ways I understood the ending And the purpose of it And I've seen it In similar movies I've seen that ending before Right You know uh, Crown Heights Is what came to mind A little bit Okay yeah f- Recently from last year But What I dug the most about it Was the relationship I thought the relationship yeah. was per- like one of the lines at the beginning being about how they never even saw each other in a certain like way sexually they just loved each other like I-, I don't know it was like it was different than a bunch of the other romance movies that you see where it's just like this overly grand gesture on how they met and fell in love and they were like no they just know each other they've known yeah, each other is- forever
0: this was just really tender and and heartfelt in those moments. Like it a real relationship? feel like a real relationship. Yeah. It didn't feel like a movie relationship. And I love that. And, uh, and I big props to the actors uh, in there. Stephen James, and I'm forgetting the lead woman's name, but uh, I think they, they were both just so phenomenal mm-hmm. in that movie. It's K- one of the yeah. few TIFF movies yeah. I've had a chance to see. Kiki uh, Lane, she was good. She was Kiki super Lane, subtle throughout yeah.
1: the movie. But I know you specifically, like Brian Terry Henry was Ta- the name? Yeah, yeah. He was good. Uh, uh, you know, he comes in, he came out of nowhere. My thing was yeah. I wasn't trusting him because they, they were very skeptical about him. They're like, ah, oh, what's he got his motives, but I will say this as I move on to the next one over here because we are going to have a whole other thing about Beale Street coming up. My man killed it in Widows, though.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, he had a couple chances at the bat during yes, TIFF. Yes, he
1: did. He killed it in Widows. And Daniel Kaluuya, I've never seen that man. That man's got eyes, right? And, yeah, and when you got eyes like Daniel Kaluuya does, you can do magic with them, and get out. Which is the most iconic shot—the
0: bulging out. eyes, those bulging with, yeah. eyes and
1: tears coming out—and it just entices you. Mm-hmm. But when he's playing a hitman, those eyes are the scariest thing you'll see. This man does not <sighs> care. Man, he kills it in this movie. "Widows" is the prime example of when I was telling y'all about Ocean's Eight. Now all keep arguing about Ocean's Eight when I said I liked it. I enjoyed Ocean's Eight. But like a mother looking at a kid knowing she can do better, that was my biggest thing. I love all the actresses in Ocean's 8. I love the story in it. Definitely advance that. But what I'm saying is don't stop it in Ocean's 8. Give them original properties. Do your thing with it. That is widows right here. Stephen McQueen comes in. Masterclass. My, uh, at this point in time, I have it as my second second favorite in the fest. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing it again to catch all the little nuances. It, it's This is like a blockbuster for Stephen McQueen. But Stephen McQueen's made twelve years. This is the biggest that he's ever done for a blockbuster. This is the man who made Shame, Hunger. Yeah,
0: he's a very art house guy. That's what made the initial trailers for Widows so surprising. This this does not seem like a Steve McQueen movie. Having seen it, does it feel
1: a little more like a Steve McQueen movie? There are points where it's just like, oh, we're watching like a blockbuster, like a, like again, like an Ocean's Eight type of heist thing. These widows are gonna go and do a job, and then it reminds you, I'm still here. <laughs> I wonder. Okay. I, it is one of those okay. interesting things where I wonder how much of it were compromises. You'll know exactly when you see the movie. Um, I don't think Steve McQueen's a person to reveal something, then have a character say it back to you. Right, right. And those are the points where I wonder is that Steve? Or is this the bigger budget having to come into yeah, play? This those, is the are, studio. those are the only parts that really stood out to me. But there are moments where I definitely want to watch it again because you know Steve McQueen does a lot of... Uh, my girlfriend caught this a lot too. The, 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 a bunch of the parallel shots that are seen in the movie and, and, and such. So it's good. Very great ensemble cast. This is an ensemble movie.
0: Yeah. Um, I've heard that uh, Viola Davis and Elizabeth Debicki are also really phenomenal in
1: this. The second actress. She's crazy. She's crazy, rock. yeah. She's wild, very good. <laughs> awesome.
0: Um, and then Roma, you haven't uh, started yet, or told us about yet.
1: Roma. It's going to disappoint so many people on Netflix.
0: Yeah. So that's been the talk, talking point on Twitter, an argument between whether or not you can actually appreciate Roma on Netflix, the company that made it and will be distributing it.
1: Roma had an art house uh, installation at TIFF. Like there was a, like a, a set. I don't know what you want to call it. An exhibition. An exhibit. Yeah. Uh, Just for the photography and tiff. And again, my uncle, Coron, shot. Shot. He's a director of photography. Directed, wrote all of it. So those are all his shots in black and white. And it looks beautiful. It looks gorgeous. You have to have a really good TV to make sure that your contrast and everything is working well. That's okay. What surprised me the most was the audio. And I, and I mean this like for a fact, the dude in front of me kept turning around, and I kind of did too. We thought someone was talking. Interesting. It was the kids in the movie in the other room. huh? Starting in the back and walking to the front. Either we had the best audio system at the TIFF Bell Theatre, or there is no way you're going to be able to to fully grasp this movie when you're watching it at home. That was one of the most surprising things when it came to this. You would have never expected. It was like kind of like Black Klansman that it was actually yeah. shot to be in Dolby, randomly. Yeah. Um, you will not get the fullness of this movie if you're not watching it with the surround sound because that's kind of the point of it. You being yeah. completely immersed in this character. But the reason I bring this up is because I don't know how many art house people. There are some, but I don't know how many Netflix subscribers are art house people is what I'm trying to get at. You know what I mean? Right,
0: right, yeah.
1: How many people saw Beasts of No Nation and then just, like, turned it off and went, I'm going to go to the Adam Sandler stuff, right? I'm going to go see Bright, whatever else. And this isn't to diminish it of anybody else. I just – I wish people knew more about – I wish I got a theatrical release at, like, music box theaters for the people who really want to go enjoy it because it's not Children of Men. It's not Gravity. It is the complete opposite. Does it still deliver 100% it's in my top five? Fantastic stuff. But it is such a subtle movie, but you need patience with it. The two movies that I would say you need the most patient with that I saw, uh, the biggest slow burns, Roma and Burning.
0: Oh, Burning. So Burning, a lot of people have been talking about. I believe this is a Korean-made movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Steve, Yen, uh, Steve Yun is one of the stars of it, it from The Walking Dead. Uh, did, did this one premiere at Con? I want to say.
1: I want to say it premiered. It premiered there, and like people came out of it going masterpiece. The boy early came out. Fire emoji masterpieces on his letterbox, and I was like, yeah, I gotta check this out. And other people were coming out say, yeah. Oh, this is it's great. This is cinema. This changes everything. And I was like, All right, let's go. That was one of the first tickets I bought. Roma, burning, burning. Getting ready to go see this movie. Sit down. It's two hours and a half.
0: It's an investment.
1: Should be two hours, though. Okay. The okay. last, the last forty-five minutes are, are incredible. But you gotta sit an hour, something in the beginning. And I look, I'll say it to you because I'm not gonna ruin the movie for anybody else. It it is a slow burn. Even if you like the movie, you, you're lying. You're lying through your teeth if you're not saying it's a slow burn. It is 100 percent correct. And I had the director there. The director was actually on the jury panel as well, but he was there and he oh, was nice. talking. And it turns out the man speaks English, but he had this little translator there, and, and he he was. I I liked him. Because he he was like messing with the translator oh yeah like he was saying like funny like he knew, he he was breaking the fourth wall of having a translator in a sense. I thought it was funny right um, it's a very big investment in the beginning with these characters a lot of it being a crucial part that plays into the last 45 minutes and I'm talking like 90 minutes in when it hits it hits and you're invested into it and you're invested into it, and then it just goes, what do you think about that? About what? Did you like it? And the credits are rolling, you're like wait, what are you talking about? Answer me. Some people are going to adore the ambiguity. Other people will figure it out. I'm very curious to see your opinion on it. I still stand by the fact 30 minutes can be trimmed from the top, 25 at least it can be trimmed from the top I wish I could tell you what scenes okay. but there is legit scenes but I'm telling you Zach like, I don't need to see that <laughs> um, but the last 45 minutes are good I have my theories on it it's okay it's not as good as another one that I will say that kind of deals with the same type of uh, storytelling when it comes into a big span of time Museo
0: okay Museo yeah uh, have you heard about this one I've only been seeing some tweets about it, but it, it's one of the ones that I didn't know about before the festival. Yeah,
1: this was one of the ones that stood out to me. There was a couple of uh, Latin Latino films that I was looking at that that was pretty dope. And uh, this one starring Gael, Garci- Gael Garcia Bernal, um, it's a Mexican film, it takes place right in the heart of Mexico City, and it's about these it's American animals in Mexico. That's what that's what I tweeted out. It's American <laughs> animals in Mexico. These two okay. dudes decide to to steal all of the like memorabilia there not necessarily the memorabilia, but all of the artifacts from, like, Aztec culture and stuff. And and they don't know what to do with it. <laughs> like, like, they seal it, but it's it's the storytelling technique of it. And the movie proceeds and then it ends on this line that you go, okay, that was weird. The movie all of a sudden skips. Like, there's a jump frame. There's a jump cut. Why? <laughs> the movie then starts narrating, like, what's happening. Not like, and then this was the next thing. It was like... And now we're gonna do this montage. And you're like, what? And this isn't even to like. This isn't even a spoiler. This is just like telling you the style that it goes structure. Like and so yeah. you can embrace it. It's got a different structure, but it's not even. It's not even like. All right, we're gonna be playing with structure. It's like. Here's a normal movie for sixty minutes. Jump cut. Where from? From where? <laughs> and, and then huh. you connect that final line. This is what I'm talking about. Kind of coming back to kind of like with burning. Where that final sequence happens and you have to determine in burning who was correct. Right. In Museo, you take that final line and you have to connect that to a story somebody said earlier. And it makes you rethink the entire movie. I left the movie going, all right, it's just American Animals, the Mexican version. Until you connect that line. And you start, Whoa. And it's like a whole other aspect of it. So that one, that one's probably been the biggest slow burn that's, that's been thinker. growing on me. That one, yeah, that one's been growing on me a little bit more and more.
0: Awesome. Uh, so, yeah, it seems like those are most of the movies Pretty you much. loved. I I know that uh, you also liked Green Book, which was one that uh, I think a lot of people were surprised by. I don't know really? if it was on a lot of people's radar it before it? Trailers it trash. Premiered. Yeah, I and mean, it looks like a very Cliche. typical by-the-numbers, you know... Opposite guys end up Director learning about life from dumb each and other. Dumber?
1: <laughs> Wait, I didn't even know that it's one of the Farley brothers. I was like, "What do you?" I loved it.
0: Yeah, so tell, tell me more about it. I don't know much about Green Book.
1: Super simple, Green Book is a book that back in the day, it gave you all of the things that if you were a black person, these were the hotels that you can stay in. That's why it was called the Green Book. Mahershala Ali plays this doctor musician who lives right on top of Carnegie Hall, right? Like right where your boy Neiman's gonna play in Whiplash. Yeah. He lives there, man's got a whole like shawl thing, and he needs to hire somebody who can protect him down, down when he goes to the south. He hires this guy called Tony Lip played by Viggo Mortensen. Complete and utter buffoon, and and I and I say this respectfully because I want to say the writer was actually his kid. I'm oh, this guy is a complete and utter like. He's he's one of the most idiotic characters I've seen in a movie this year, and I loved every single bit of it. He is that dumb friend, where you're like, how can you be this dumb? Keep hanging right. out with me, uh, and their <laughs> chemistry just worked. I know a lot of people came in, and it's it's interesting because it has 100% of round tomatoes. But a lot of critics wow. were, were going like, no, it takes more than a buddy cop movie to like fix injustice. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, it, it's very cliche at times. One of the best scenes happens in the rain for no apparent reason. Cool line. <laughs> I don't know why y'all got up the car. But I think, so- and I said this, I think something can be Oscar bait and still be enjoyable. I think something can be a crowd pleaser and like definitely be manipulating audiences because it wants the awards and still work out. <laughs> I liked it. Same thing with John F. Donovan. My man yes. didn't need to edit the movie that hard.
0: Yeah, please tell me oh, that my bo- boy Dolan hasn't completely ruined this movie.
1: can't yeah, help it. Mm.
0: So uh, for those of you who aren't up to date on the filmmaking career of Xavier Dolan, on a previous intercut, we covered the fact that his latest movie, "The Life and Death of Jonathan, John F. Donovan or something like that, mm. uh, it had at one point starred Jessica Chastain. In, in fact, there was a poster released. Bruh, of In Jessica fact, Jastain. she had
1: like four different wigs.
0: And uh, none of those wigs are in the movie because there is no Jessica Chastain in the movie at all, because he cut her out. And still ended up with a uh, plus two hour movie, I believe. Mm-hmm. Like 2.10. So wh- what is remaining? Is it worthwhile?
1: I enjoy it because I, I know the themes that this man always goes for. Like I said, the starter pack, the frenetic mom, the, you know, uh, closet. Needle f- drop
0: soundtrack.
1: Yes. <laughs> it pops. You, you can tell every song. Jesus of Suburbia comes on. And it's literally just uh, Jon Snow, who's also named John in the movie, Jonathan Donovan. Just. You can tell that every single song in this. You can tell that every song he puts in every movie, Xavier, was songs that were on his playlist, and he's doing everything possible to make a movie where he can insert it. He's yeah. doing everything possible to reenact arguments he's had with his mom. He's doing everything possible to make movies like this one that I, I want to say was based off of the letter he wrote to Leonardo DiCaprio. Mm-hmm. the whole movie being that John f donovan is this actor who's like a teen wolf type of actor c w o c type of actor who passes and it's kind of the story on how this kid wrote him a letter and they were exchanging these letters back and forth that's the premise of the movie hmm two hours and it feels rushed
0: yeah yeah interesting so uh, yeah i remember you tweeted out that you want to see the four hour cut four or five it, it i don't drib- know how long
1: it is i gotta see it
0: it it gripped you that much that you think you would sit through that?
1: Yeah, because I like Xavier, you know, yeah. and I like the entire cast that's in there. And as cliche and corny as it is, I don't care how good uh, Room Kid is, Trembling.
0: Yeah,
1: no no eleven year old talks like that. Yeah. But again, it works for the scene. But I just wish that he were to give us more of it. But bro, I don't know. Like this was this was everything. This this was the kitchen sink. The cast that he had, the music that he had, the budget that he had, the scores that he had, the stuff he was doing with the camera, I don't... What's next? nice. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: so, yeah, there are some more movies that you s- saw there. I don't know if there's mm-hmm. anything else that you feel like you need to comment on, whether it's Hold the Dark or it's uh, High Life. Wait but... for
1: Netflix. <laughs> Wait for Netflix. <laughs>
0: uh, yeah, I mean... That, that those are pretty much your favorites. Mm-hmm. What was the, was there anything that you absolutely hated at the fest?
1: I'm only gonna mention one thing. I'm not the biggest fan of In Fabric. Uh, I was like, wow, this seems like so random. I'm big fan of Duke Dukes of uh, the Duke of Bur- Burgundy. You and I both love oh, that movie. Peter Strickland. Yeah, we love that movie. Yeah. In Fabric, I was excited. It's a story about this red dress that haunts people. The dress is haunted, dude. The dress comes to life. That sounds cool. Nah. <laughs> uh. I was like, what's going on in this movie? And I get it. It's cool. You you know this. Someone, had, I forget what they called it. You ever go to a screening and anything happens on screen? Ha <laughs> You know what I'm talking right. about. I forget what the name right. of it is.
0: Pe- there's sort of like the recognition laugh.
1: Yes. Ha huh. I understand that. Bro, yeah. she... No, she, there's. Literal points where she goes to buy the dress and she just gets changed back. And people were chuckling. What are y'all doing? What are y'all doing here? I didn't hate it. I was just like, okay. It just feels so frantic. It feels so random. It feels so. He comes out and he says he was inspired by ASMR videos on YouTube. (laughs) And his phobia of mannequins. All right. I said, all right. Thanks for uh, for the screening. (laughs) Yeah. This isn't for me. But Gwendolyn Christie was there. I saw her in the flesh. She was two feet away from me.
0: <laughs> two feet away Woo! from you and two feet above you? Yes. No, it was two feet
1: <laughs> two yards. Damn. No, I <laughs> right by. I was like, she is big. The hound never stood a chance. I'm going to tell you that much. <laughs> the final one that I'm going to end here is The Lie. The Blumhouse movie called The Lie. I said, is this going to be the first Joey King movie? Joey King being Ramona? Kissing Booth. Slenderman. I can't. Girl can't catch a break over here on LME. Maybe this was gonna be the one. <laughs> Tragedy happens. I have never in my life seen a movie go, just decent, decent. I'm being 100% serious with you. The movie got so bad, no one took it seriously. I felt like because they were had the Q and A afterwards. Yeah. Everyone was just laughing at it, not laughing with it. You can tell they were laughing at it. Ooh. It was like remembering the scene in the Disaster Artist. Yeah. When people just stopped caring that the filmmakers were there and they just laughed at it, people Mm -hmm. were just like, this is dumb. It's just, this is ridiculous. People were rolling their eyes, just fanning themselves. Then the ending happens. Like the last five minutes of the movie happens, and everyone goes, The Mist.
0: Oh, okay.
1: It's not, not plot wise. But Zach, you know what I'm talking about when I say the mist. That's the reaction it got. Yeah. I I it's since the mist I've never had a, I never had a movie go so bad as being the worst movie I'd ever seen at a festival ever. To literally the best for five seconds.
0: Just just clutched from the grips of badness.
1: From how the Lord blow you away at the end and take this and go. What? And then it like it went it goes. Steady, down, up, and then just disintegrates. It doesn't go back down. It I just don't know.
0: <laughs> just evaporates into vapor. It's like,
1: does that even make any, like, I don't know. Some people came out mad. Some people came out, like, they couldn't believe they sat through that. The mist, that's all I'll say.
0: Okay. And oddly, you have made it's very, very right? intrigued. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I'm probably going to go look for that. I will movie say now. this
1: is going to get one of the biggest reactions when it gets a release date.
0: Awesome. Uh, So those are a bunch of the movies that you saw at TIFF. Mm -hmm. So let us know which of Art's recommendations you're curious about in the comments down below. I wanted to talk a little bit about TV because there's a lot of new TV on the horizon that's just sort of ended recently that uh, we are trying to catch up with. I know Art's talking about Trying to get uh, up with Succession and Sharp Objects and a couple others in the yes, next couple weeks. We're actually recording this the night of the Emmys, so we don't yet know the winners, but we want to talk about that on uh, next week's show, as well as get into some more details about all these shows. I did want to touch on a couple of the fil- of the series that I watched. I got to finish the second season of Ozark. I forget. Did you watch the first season?
1: Love the first season.
0: Yeah, I think it's yeah. Bonkers. I mean, yeah, has a crazy ending and you know I I kind of pejoratively refer to it as like Breaking Bad light I know you were one of the first to
1: to call it that
0: B minus Breaking Bad Yeah. yeah it's a little it's a little better than that but it, it does have that really gripping, like, what is going to happen next? How are they going to get out of the situation kind of thing? It doesn't have anything, like, mind-blowing the way that Breaking Bad did, where there's, like, moral questions that are, are hard to answer. But it's just a very entertaining, you know, crime it, family it show. It works. The second season, I think, does something really interesting in that, whereas the first season was very much Jason Bateman's story, he almost plays a supporting role to Laura Linney in the, se- in the second season
1: <laughs> that man took a side seat He he, it's, he's definitely he's kind of doing
0: his thing and he has some interesting stories but it's Laura Linney who really like grabs this yeah. whole like car- crime laundering money thing by the neck and, and it just you see her descent into queen, queen pin or whatever Pretty you want to call it Yeah. And how eager she is to do it. It's just real. I think she was fascinating on this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I would see that. I would think that she should be a contender for the Emmys at the Definitely. next year, given her performance. I, so, I've only
1: seen a couple episodes, but I agree with you. It's like they saw It's like, oh, y'all think we break it bad? Well, guess what break it bad didn't do with Skylar?
0: Exactly. <laughs> and they yeah, did the yes. opposite. This is like if they really went down that road with Skylar. If mm-hmm. Skylar turned out to be more fearsome than Walter White, yep. uh, that is season two of Ozark. So if that sounds appealing to you, I would absolutely catch up with the show. Mm-hmm. I, I do kind of think the second season might have been better than the first. but
1: Okay. Okay.
0: Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, it, I've also been enjoying Succession. I want to talk to you more about that once you catch up yeah. with it. But to me, it's one of my favorite shows of the year. Uh, the pilot was directed by Adam McKay, which I think is relevant because pretty in short. tone, yeah. this is pretty similar to the big short that recent uh adam mckay movie that was all about the financial collapse this one we're dealing with corporate infrastructure but also a family it's this weird mix of family and business it's kind of like the murdoch family or the disney's or something where this family uh is in charge of the fifth largest media conglomerate in the world and the plan is for the father to pass along CEO to his son, but when the father decides he doesn't want to pass on his CEO-ship, the whole family starts to bicker and fight, but still go to dinners together because they're a family. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, it feels, we were talking about this before the podcast, it looks like it's going to be margin call or one of these yeah. like stark dramas about the financial uh, sector. Instead, it's this like... Almost highbrow office. That's so weird it's, to me. Rip, yeah, it, it it's like about how these very mediocre people end up being in charge of these really gigantic corporate decisions, and they're basically buffoons, but they can't I love show buffoons. that they're buffoons. I I love this show. I mean, it, the it shows. It, I think it. Does a really great job of examining the way that just because these people are blood relatives of someone who started a gigantic company does not mean that they are too equipped yeah. to themselves run a giant company or be involved in this. That that uh, money doesn't necessarily carry, you know, intelligence or importance. And to see these people just. Surrounded by opulence, but not really be that good at what they do. It's a very interesting contrast. Uh, I think I'm always forgetting this. I want to say it's Kieran Culkin and not Rory Culkin, but it's definitely a Culkin brother. Uh is so funny on this show as Roman, Uh, the kind of jack off on younger brother. Uh, I I really, really enjoy Succession. I want to get more deep into it with you when you catch up. So,
1: season two. Yeah, is this like one? No, just season one. It's just a miniseries?
0: Uh, ten episodes on HBO for season one.
1: No season two?
0: Not yet, at least.
1: Oh, okay. All right. Do you think it needs yeah. one?
0: Uh, yeah, it, it needs to go on. Okay. It has a really killer finale that's going to shake everything up for the next season.
1: You say it is better than Barry season one?
0: No, but okay, it is... Okay, no, that's fine. No, you to
1: explain. It. I just didn't remember it, sure.
0: it is also in my top five alongside Barry. Top
1: five. What are your other ones? I
0: can't reveal that now, and We're getting close to the end of the year. I got to keep that list yeah, under wraps. Right, right, right.
1: What was the other one that you saw, though? Did you have another HBO show?
0: Uh, yeah, I finished Sharp Objects. Delivered or not? So I'm going to say this. Uh, I felt satisfied watching the show. I was really enjoying trying to piece it together, the mood of the show. It ha- it's a little bit of a slow burn. I'd say episodes two and three. Yeah. As episodes two and three like might not even be necessary. It picks itself a backup in the last couple of episodes and mm-hmm. things become more intriguing. Uh, but it does this thing, which I'm not sure what to think about it. Oh. Uh, I actually was talking to Bailey of Breaking Banter on Twitter a little about this because we were on opposite sides. He, it does this thing where it'll show you flashes of flashbacks or memories or or, old, or other things happening. And it's only a moment, so it's hard to register. But it's, it's supposed to operate like how we have memories, right? You don't, you get like flashes of stuff and you kind of remember it and you, this is the context for that, you know? This conversation is difficult because I remember that little thing. I
1: guess.
0: But it, it ends up putting a lot of interesting information into like just a couple frames, you know? And I'm, I'm like more interested in the show that they're not showing us than the show they are showing
1: us. Thank you. I read the book. Because I've read read all her books. I think she's a fantastic writer. Uh, Gillian Flynn. Yeah, Widows was the first time because she wrote Widows. Right. I keep forgetting she wrote Widows. I saw her name at the end. I was like, oh, snap. I keep forgetting. I think that's the best time she's been able to adapt something. Maybe because it was just something completely different. Right. I've said I like the Gone Girl book way more than the movie. Fincher's great. But there are certain elements that you do visually... That I thought Gong Girl did, similar to what Sharp Objects does with those little memory things, that I feel takes away from the actual narrative that's happening, and even more so here because I want to say this is even shorter than Gong Girl, when it comes to the book. Yeah. and I, they kind of hobbited it. How many episodes is the show? Eight. That's eight hours.
0: Uh. Yeah, I don't, and I don't think it needed to be eight hours. You know, l- like I said, I was satisfied when I was there watching it. You know, I. I enjoyed sitting down and trying to find out the mystery of the end. But as I'm sitting with it, like, there's just, I would not go back to it. I I don't feel like I gained a lot from it. And worst of all, I don't want to spoil it, but they, they give you a final bit of information in a post credits flash.
1: Nope. That's a no for me. No. I don't know,
0: I, I'm i not at the point where I feel ready to let TV do post credit stuff. Nope. Uh, especially if it's just West gonna be World a few- Westworld
1: just f- did it. <laughs> oh, you mean like actual, like post-post-credits. It's like mid-credits. See, uh, I know the ending. Okay, yeah, so I just- And I'm trying to like pick up on some of the stuff. That's why I think it's so weird for me because it's like, you know like when you watch something, you would think Sharp Objects says, you get to the end and then you go, I gotta rewatch this all again. Exactly. It's, I'm, I know it and I'm re- and I'm trying to like pick out the points where it's supposed it's to it's there
0: in flashes and it's there in like maybe a line or two of dialogue but it's a stretch not enough and when you get to the ending I wasn't really
1: convinced even though they tell you what happened yeah now I will say this because I know some people are very strong on sharp objects I, before you come after us with sharp objects I love the book so I'm clear he hates it though he, he hasn't even read the book <laughs> go, get, go get this I think the book's fantastic
0: Yeah. Uh, So I'm curious to see if you'll agree with me when you do finish Mm -hmm. the Sharp Object series. I will say that the acting was uniformly great. Patricia Clarkson, Amy Adams, Chris Messina. I I did really uh, like those performances. I just didn't think there was enough substance in the show itself. Fair enough. Uh, Yeah. Uh, but that's a lot of the TV I've been watching recently. Let me know if you've seen any recent series in the comments down below. And remember that on next week's intercut, we're gonna get much deeper into a bunch of different TV Especially shows.
1: Especially
0: the fake two. Yeah, give us some BoJack and American Vandal breakdowns. It's gonna be, it's gonna be good. Uh, but we should get to the end of the show. I don't have a new to see ready, that's so cool. let's go straight to picks for the week. Art, uh, what would you recommend for the people?
1: Most definitely. I mean. Be- it's not only because we're going to have the show next week talking about it but this is literally the two shows you and I mention almost every other episode this is like our
0: relationship pretty much about BoJack and American Vandal literally
1: is one of y'all messaged me on Twitter tweeted me Recommending Bojack Horseman, if you ever disrespect us like that ever again, don't you ever do that. Of course, we've seen it's, the show.
0: I take that as a personal offense. Uh, that is
1: that is offensive. You can say whatever you want about my family, but don't you ever ask me or recommend Bojack Horseman <laughs> to me because of course I've seen it. Uh, Bojack Horseman, American Vandal. You got several seasons of Bojack to catch up on. Yep. Definitely give it give it give it its time. It's got some of the funniest stuff, and American Vandal season one and two. That again, one of my favorites. Ah. I'm not saying American Vandal is better than BoJack. I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying <laughs> yeah. is American Vandal Season 1 did make both of our lists as the top of our year for last year. I completely adore it. Season 2 delivers just as well. But if you haven't seen Season 1, I am so jealous of you. I'm so jealous that you get to experience it completely. So definitely go watch those. In terms of movies, uh, there's a little movie called Searching Out. Definitely go see it. Yeah. We, we got yet another interview coming out. That one's going to be on the A to Z show. So you know watch Searching. Turns out that I'm still missing things and I'm a little peeved.
0: Because I thought I had it all figured out. Apparently, Magnum Opus Part 2 is the thing.
1: Y'all thought Green Lightning was the only thing to find out? Turns out there's a whole other thing. And I love how we're doing good. We've got 50% of the movie, according to the producer down. But, yeah. Go watch our
0: show. um, Yeah, and definitely be on the lookout for our other interview with Sev, which will be dropping on the ATZ Show's channel in the next week or two. Uh, My pick for the week. It's actually a new documentary that popped up on Hulu.
1: Have you heard about Mind the Gap? Gap? I've been hearing about this in Sundance, and I literally saw your thing on Letterboxd. You had it at, what, number two? Yeah. I
0: loved this documentary, man. Okay. I, you know, I put it on, and something about it in the first couple of shots, I just felt like it was something special. It's... It's this GoPro footage of skateboarders, but there's an intimacy to it. You can tell it's like a group of good friends and the set to this like really inspiring music. And then you go deep on their lives and you figure out like that skateboarding isn't just a hobby, it's an escape, and Stop. it's the, it keeps pulling on these different threads, whether it's racism or class and poverty or, or domestic violence, and just pulling on them and pulling on them and finding more and interesting details. I thought this was just one of the most interesting, well-rounded, f- wide-reaching documentaries I've ever seen, and it happens to be the debut feature documentary of one of the subjects of the documentary, one of the three friends that this documentary is about, is Bing Lu, who who wrote and directed this documentary, and and filmed it, mind you. He's got an unbelievable cinematic eye. There's shots in this that are better than many shots you will see in fictional movies this year. I, I was blown away by this film. I was weeping at the end of this film. It is. Far and away the best documentary I've seen this year. Haven't seen the Mr. Rogers one. I I don't care. I loved Minding the Gap. You, you have to catch up with it. It's on Hulu now. Uh,
1: how are we so going to talk about mid-90s? Being my favorite movie from Tiff. Are you going to tell me that there's literally the documentary oh, version of mid-90s? Bro, it's I,
0: I, in my Letterblocks review, I described it as like almost impossibly intimate. Like The conversations they have in this movie, it's like, it's like the stuff you want to talk about, but you have no way of bringing up, and you ne- never know how to bring it up. Should I watch it right now, <laughs> D- dude? Do it. Like, it's worth your time. It okay. is well worth your time to stay up before late I, and before before I get BoJack.
1: Movie. Do this exactly.
0: Yeah, I would say watch it before BoJack. Okay. BoJack will still be there. It's an hour and a half. It's not a big ask. Yeah. And it is. Oof, it is an emotional wallop. I loved. Uh, i've been hearing yeah
1: since sundance i've been hearing it here and there here and there it's yo sundance producing some of the best documentaries i'm not even gonna lie Uh, (laughs) but i remember hearing about sundance and little and people here and there but when i saw it on your top like top five i was like oh tattoo so Mm -hmm. yeah i'm excited for it and it's on hulu so it's like literally Hulu's like four bucks
0: (laughs) free trial maybe you can free
1: trial as well watch it then dip all right that's stuff that's cool have you seen skate kitchen
0: no, but I've been hearing a lot of interesting things about that, okay. so maybe I'll try and catch it this week.
1: Have you seen it yet? I have not seen it. I know, like, Jaden Smith is in it. Again, that was another yeah. one that came out. And I know both of those were, like, Skate Kitchen, Minding the Gap. Very similar subject matters because they both deal with skating. But, nah, I'm hyped for it then now, too. I'm hyped for it. If it's yeah. a bad thing about it.
0: Uh, Skate Kitchen is directed by Crystal Moselle, who previously did the Wolfpack documentary. So uh, I'm really uh... curious. Uh, to see her transition into fictional for a first time. Uh Uh, But yeah, let us know if you catch up on American Vandal, on BoJack, on Minding the Gap, on anything, down on searching, definitely let us know if you've seen searching in the comments down below. Please don't spoil any of those for us. (laughs) Uh, but that's all for this week's show. You can catch more from me by following me on Twitter, at Zshevich, or on Instagram, also at Zshevich. And you can go to my YouTube channel, which is YouTube.com slash art, Where can people find more from you?
1: You can find me at Niagara Falls until I leave in the next couple of days. Where you can then just find me at the A to Z show. Uh, you know, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all that good stuff. Been posting about this entire trip. Finally coming to an end. Then we'll be going to New York and then probably do the, yeah. next, uh, the, uh, the West Coast on the next one over there, starting with Sundance and all that other stuff. But, uh, nah, it's been, the road trip's been pretty cool. Going to get back to making more videos back on the podcast over here. So you can follow me at the A to Z show on YouTube. Let me explain. We passed 150K. We didn't even realize. It. We were waiting for a screening. We saw, we're like, yo, appreciate you guys. Uh, I mean, you guys know where to find us. You guys know where to find us here? Intercut.
0: Yeah. Intercut available every week tuesday thursday Thursday. i forgot we did the switch (laughs) uh every thursday you can catch up with the audio feed on your favorite podcatcher whether that's itunes or soundcloud uh hey alexa play the intercut pod
1: ah that was poor oh oh, alexa sell yourself
0: (laughs) alexa play the intercut podcast It thinks I'm saying the internet. Anyway, Alexa <laughs> I can't now plays internet. our podcast. If she'll listen to you, uh, try asking it to play the Intercut podcast and make sure you use your diction because she doesn't seem to get a whole lot. Uh, but yeah, we're available on a bunch of different services. Also, you can catch our video feed on the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash intercutpod. Uh, that's the handle for all of our social media, where do you want to find us on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram catch up with us throughout the week by finding us at intercut pod we'll be sending out the latest from me from art from all of our guests who've been on the show great place to keep up with us throughout the week uh, but that does it for this week's intercut and remember Sundance is better than tiff who knew <laughs> it
1: is I don't know how to tell you.